welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So from time to time, we'll stop uh, with these podcasts, drop back a little bit, and answer questions from previous podcasts. And uh, one of the podcasts that I did some time ago had to do with birth rates and median age in the Middle East and uh, what this is going to do in terms of our uh, history and our current crises and our culture and uh, world events. And so I've got some really good questions here that I want to address. One person wanted to address the whole question of immigration. And particularly in America, because I was talking about median birth rates and Hispanic birth rates and so on, uh, particularly in America, you know, what is our goal as a nation? Are are we trying to keep all non-American, all non, really whites, some would say, but all uh, non-Americans out? Are we building walls, um, you know, along the, the our southern border with Mexico uh, to to keep people out completely? Uh, what's the, the what's the line between a healthy kind of nationalism? And then just pure white supremacy, because I'm sure we're all aware that some of the anti-immigrant rhetoric and fire in our country is is anti-Mexican, it's anti-Hispanic, it's anti-people with brown skin, to some extent. I I think the issue, and and I'd like to look back at history just for a moment, um, all countries are the products of immigration to some extent. There are hardly any uh, sort of pure countries in which that populace has lived there for forever, not intermarried with anybody else, not welcomed immigrants. I mean, almost every country in the world is a result of a kind of a polyglot, you know, melting pot immigration kind of dynamic. That's just normal. I, I think what is unique about American immigration now, what is creating the crisis, is that perhaps for the first time, uh, at least that I'm aware of in Western history, you're allowing, there is an allowing of an illegal immigration that then does not have a process for integration, uh, that, the, that there's not a, not a required or mandated process for learning the language, for integrating through citizenship, uh, for understanding the distinctives of American society, um, and American history, American values, uh, and becoming part of a, an American uh, vision, an American democracy, maybe to some extent an American culture. Uh, I, I need to say that I think America is strengthened by immigration. Uh, I think America is strengthened by having people of different ethnicities and backgrounds. Um, and when, pe- when immigrants first begin to come in, we can think back to the Ellis Island experience, late 1800s, early 1900s, as, as Europeans began to flood into, and other nations, other cultures began to flood into America, um, you know, we were strengthened as a country. And yet for a while, those people didn't learn English right away, or they, they, they didn't quite get integrated. But, but citizenship was the goal. Integration was the goal. Learning English was the goal. What they were not doing was coming across the border for a short period of time, making money and then returning to another country without an intention to invest here. They were coming with an intention to invest here. So I definitely think that there is an an un-American and I would say an un-Christian kind of uh, racism that is fueling some of the anti-immigration debate. No question about it. At the same time, I think we have to realize that what's happening now in America is that we have tens of millions of, of, a, of a certain kind of immigrant who is not on any course for integrating into the thought forms, into the culture, into the, into the political ideals of our society. And if that continues, um, you will have an underclass 
um, that receives benefits but is not being integrated in a constructive way uh, into citizenship. And I think that's going to be a problem. There's another question that's come up about that talk that I did on uh, birth rates and uh, how it's shaping our society. And it has to do with some statements I made about the birth rates of blacks and Hispanics. And some people wanted to know what what accounts for this difference in birth rates. Let me restate the statistic I gave. The African-American birth rate in America is twice that of the white birth rate. But the Hispanic birth rate is five times that of uh, the white birth rate. And in order for us to understand uh, what, what the factors are here, why, why this difference uh, occurs, we have to understand some religious factors uh, in, these, in these cultures. I mean, I'm of the opinion, and this is what a lot of my writing and teaching is, is devoted to, that if you're going to understand culture, religion is one of the primary factors of culture. There are other factors, of course, but religion is the primary factor. And, and, and the reality is that the vast majority of Hispanics in America, as is true in the world, are Roman Catholic. The Roman Catholic Church, of course, teaches the virtue of large families, uh, teaches uh, uh, against birth control, and of course is heatedly against abortion. So a Roman Catholic-informed culture is going to have a high birth rate. That's, that's just a reality, and, it's, and that is consistently true uh, throughout the world wherever you have large Hispanic cultures. Uh, the black birth rate is less than half of the Hispanic birth rate, uh, because of course it is it is almost completely non Roman Catholic. It is almost uh, com- completely in, and 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 it's not very much shaped uh, by the values of 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 a, of a kind of conservative Christianity that would be anti-abortion um, and pro, uh, pro against birth control. African Americans, for the most part, uh, do practice birth control. Uh, African Americans, for the most part. Are, uh, are open to, now this is not universally true, but statistically the majority of African Americans are uh, in favor or at least open to the practice of abortion. So you therefore have a much smaller, uh, a much lower birth rate um, because again, you don't have that Roman Catholic influence and you do not have for the most part uh, political and theological conservatism throughout most of the African-American community in America. Most African-Americans vote Democratic. Uh, most African-Americans, I'd say about half African-Americans, are in churches or denominations that are at least open to abortion and at least open to um, uh, birth control. And then, of course, the white birth rate in America is very much a result of the valuing of small families and pro-abortion. Um, the average person who goes to an abortion clinic is white. Uh, she's young and she's getting what, and statistically, um, the, the, the thing that fuels most abortions is what's called vanity abortions. And that's an insulting term. But it doesn't mean the crisis abortion um, of, of an impoverished mother. It means the 16-year-old who got pregnant uh, and doesn't want to care for a child and has permission from her parents to get an abortion. Uh, that's statistically the range of most abortions. Dr. George Grant has done some research on this and, um, and has confirmed, based on Planned Parenthood statistics, uh, that the average person, woman getting an abortion is able to identify a church uh, of some sort is white and is under 20. And so that's, that's, that explains very much the kind of values that are working in white society. So keep your eye on religion and how it shapes the issues of birth control, large families, and abortion, wherever you're, where, whatever you're analyzing in the world, and you'll find that it makes a, a huge difference. One more question then, uh, I, th- I think a very, very, very important one. I made a statement some time ago on the same talk um, that, that the West 
was uh, requiring small families. I, I, I misspoke. I should have said the West was encouraging small families. Um, this is a very, very important topic because for many, many years, uh, we've had a, a, a theme in our, in our society of the population explosion. It was, was huge back in the 70s. Um, the, 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 the idea was that the population was growing exponentially, um, that, that we were outstripping our resources, and there were books like Population Bomb and themes like Population Explosion. And the idea was that human population would simply outgrow the resources the earth could provide. That began, of course, to feed a lot of the uh, abortion thinking and small family thinking in the West. Well, that really took hold, even though even though some of that population explosion type thinking has been disproven, and scientists like Norman Borlaug and so on have developed forms of wheat that that that, that more than take care of the need worldwide as long as governments get out of the way and their distribution is fair. Um, I, I think that I think we've seen that there's not this massive population explosion that's going to outstrip resources. Um, but but instead, I think that what we have to realize is that much of the thinking of that age where you value small families, you encourage abortion, you encourage birth control, uh, is still very, very dominant. Uh, for example, many, many UN publications encourage it and what have you. And so as a result, in the West, largely in Europe, largely in America, you still have a small family uh, kind of value. Uh, you still practice birth control. You still encourage abortion. And that accounts for the huge birth, birth rate differences between, say, Africa and the Middle East on the one hand and Europe and America on the other. And as I said in that talk, that's going to make a huge difference uh, in our culture as these years unfold. Thank you.